This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey. And for the second week, I'm Chad. What's up? How about that? We've got we've got our schedules lined up for two weeks in a row. I don't know what in the world is going on. We've not done that in quite some time. Been a minute, baby. But yes, <laughs> we do for now. I mean, it's it's uh, I'm, I'm glad, man. I, I just I enjoyed last week's show. It's just another one of spirit led moments, man. And just here we are two weeks in a row, brother. Oh, yeah. And everybody's uh everybody's talking about mr gunner mr Riker in the in the in the dirt sheets everybody's talking about and listen i i don't know what you've read but I, i've had a bunch of people <laughs> sending me different ones and i don't ever read them uh but like the these that have been sent to me i don't go out and willingly you know look for stuff but you right. know when stuff's sent to me i'm like okay well and uh so I've, I've seen several, you know, from like Fightful Sports Kita and, and, and a lot of them, you know, who are, who are covering your announcement last week on the podcast that you're on the road to retirement. And uh, but the ones that I have read. They all were wishing you the best of luck uh, and not necessarily the best of luck in your future endeavors, like what happened November 21. <laughs> but. but you know, <laughs> I guess the same same scenario, but I mean, you know, everybody was being cordial and everybody was being nice, putting over your career and everything. So, praise the Lord, that's a nice change. It is a nice change, man, and not that like I lose sleep over it or anything. Like I had a, a buddy of mine send uh, send something where they were bashing me, and I was already just reading the headlines. I went, dude, I'm not gonna read that. I don't give my time or my breath because I remember when you sent me one. I think it was Sports Keyed. I said, is it is it bashing me? Because if it is, I'm not gonna read it. Yeah, it's actually pretty good and it put over the podcast and then it just it's cool man and like i said it's good to i don't know man after 22 23 years of wrestling it's it's nice to have folks say some good things about you i guess because you you've been there and you've done it you've given your life and your body for this and regardless of um if you made a living doing it or if you didn't like it's just nice to have somebody actually one of them i think sports key that might have reached out to me I can look in the email about doing a uh, interview with them. So uh, okay. I may try and jump on with those guys, but yeah, dude, it's, it's cool, man. I'm uh, I don't know, man. It's nice to, I've had a few buddies from WWE. I worked with. They're just like, man, you know, good luck with everything. It's, it's going, it sucks to see you go, but we understand, you know, why, you know, Sam Shaw and uh, I've talked to Elias a few times and they just, they understand. And look, it's not my identity, man. We spoke about this last week. It's not my identity anymore. I'm glad, but so we're going to have fun the next uh, couple shows I've got coming up and August 27th, I'll, I'll throw those uh, wrestling boots over at the power line and let them hang forever. And, uh, <laughs> who was it that asked me the other day? Now, are you quote unquote retiring, retiring or like really retiring? You doing a Ric Flair gimmick? Or I said, no, yeah. nobody. nobody, I'll be done. And, and look, I would sell all of my boots if it wasn't for, the fact that in 2004, my mom at the time, who did not make a lot of money, bought me a pair of $900 wrestling boots. So I'll keep those. But yeah, uh, yeah, man, no, it's it's time, bro. So, you know, just to move into a new chapter of life. Yeah, that's good. And for all of those who have who have written, uh, you know, we appreciate your kind words. Uh, like I said, nice change of pace and, yeah. you know, 
people talking about career and not the personal stuff that it, yeah, man. and that's that's what we've talked about it plenty of times on this podcast listen we can disagree with each other on different kind of beliefs whether it be you know uh, religious political whatever and we can still be friends it does not mean that we hate each other just because we believe a little differently than the other. And so, right. you know, anyway, hey, before I run off and forget it, this Saturday, tomorrow night, May 13th, I will return to Championship One Wrestling at 130 McDonald School Road in McDonald, Tennessee. Tickets are only $5, kids. Five and under are free. Doors open at 7, and bell time is 8 p.m. Uh, I'm looking forward to returning there. Had a great uh, show at the Armory last week um, for Cole Gordy Promotions. Uh, that was his first show, and uh, and it, it was a, a good turnout. And, of course, you know, I got to work our uh, old buddy David Young, yeah. He's. I think that was like the first time I'd actually worked him in a one-on-one match in like ten years, and yeah. man, we did absolutely nothing. Josh told me. Josh Troop said he took. He texted me the night of the show. He goes, "All right, I think I counted right." Casey took two bumps. I went, "Whoa, brother! <laughs> I think I outdid you because the night you worked, I want to say you no, know, the night before I worked, I think I took about four bumps." I'm I'm doing with myself right now, <laughs> dude. David, David is amazing. So I knew David. Unfortunately, we never worked, man. Like when I came into Anarchy, he was kind of he was every once in a while doing shows. But man, I remember talking to AJ Styles about David and um, and Rick Michaels about David. And there's a three way of those guys: Rick, David, and AJ. Uh, yes. on on YouTube from Wildside, bro. I remember watching it, and it was just way ahead of their time. And David was is i should say smart now but he's he's a phenomenal worker bro and i have nothing but the utmost respect for that dude we always had good conversations man but i i hate the fact he never worked but he he's he's a funny he used to i used to make fun of him because he would you know david used to be pretty chiseled and ripped and then you know he'll tell you i gotta start putting on some dad bod whatever but he started wearing this uh he started wearing this I don't know. He might have worked with you, but a top that had abs in it. I'm like, dude, you are out of your mind. <laughs> it had like it was like a, a superhero vest, and I was like, David, come on, man. <laughs> he said, but he's, I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> he's he's hilarious, man. Oh, he is. I love him. That's a good brother, man. Good yeah, brother. He is. He is, and he's he's a you know he's always. Uh, they're willing to help and willing to cut some jokes and take jabs at guys. <laughs> yeah. Dude, have, um, you thought about, have you ever thought about the guys, just the caliber, not only of workers, but of human beings that we, you and I, for sure, probably a lot of the same, have got a chance to work with, man. Like, I went through anarchy, and just that time of anarchy, 2006 to, like, 2009, was on fire. I mean, our yeah. super shows, that place, Summertime, 400 people, it's hot, but just the caliber of talent that you and I have been able to step into a locker room with. Uh, Crazy. Because then the the business was still, in my eyes, protected in a certain way where you didn't just come in and, hey, I want to be a wrestler. All right, cool, man. Like, put some shorts on. We'll give you a match tonight. You know, you worked for your spot. You worked for um, the opportunity to get booked. I mean, me, I, I don't know if I'm speaking for you, 
dude, I remember having to send VHS tapes out and resumes yes. and I had to send one to Bill Barron's and I'm, you know, I think about that now and it's just like, man, dude, we, I just, that's one thing one day, you know, in August when I hang up the boots, that's my last match. And like, I can look back at my career and go, man, I've had some really amazing uh, moments that one day I can sit on a porch and talk to my daughter about or you and I can sit on a porch and share a cup of coffee and be like, dude, you remember that time we fell off a ladder or, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, I don't know, man. So I just went on a rant there, but it's just really just, we're blessed dude, to be able to um, not only still be alive after the stupid stuff we lived through, but yeah. just to share the locker room with some of the greatest um, guys that are on TV now and then in the past. Right. So you're you're talking about anarchy. And then, of course, so like uh, Saturday night, me and Dave and Tank, you know, oh, we, yeah. we kind of sat around and, and chit chatted there for a little bit. Just, you know, talk shop for a little bit. Well, getting close to time uh, for the match, you know, hometown, I let Cannon go to the ring with me. And, dude, that kid's a natural. He busts through that curtain and rah. Oh, and he's, oh my he's, gosh. But uh, but I, I brought him to the back, <clears throat> and Dan Rev was yeah, sitting. Yeah. He was standing over there, and he just put his cloak on and everything, and he kind of glanced up. And you know, I mean, he does that so amazingly. He lives that gimmick, dude. He yes. creeps, and I mean, yeah. he looks like he's floating. He's like creepy, and he's sitting over there, and he just pulled his cloak up and everything, and and Cannon goes. Daddy, what in the crap is that? <laughs> I said, son, that's the reverend. And he goes, the 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 what? Like <laughs> that ain't like no reverend I've ever known, Daddy. <laughs> oh, dude, Dan is the man. Like we we worked all of us, the Devil's Rejects and the Elite 2006 a feud, or, or 2007 and eight a feud. And man, just the promos that we all came up with. Uh, Dan was fully invested. Jeff Bailey was fully invested for those of who you guys know who Jeff Bailey is. Um, and, and then you talk about tank, bro. I, I love that brother. We've worked some uh, cage matches together and all kinds of stuff. Just, just a good dude, man. Like him and iceberg and bro. I, I love, I need to reach out to Dan. I hadn't spoken to the reverend yeah. devil's rejects. Oh yeah. He lived the gimmick, bro. Shoot. He'd come out there, no shoes on. And I mean, he probably still does it, but yeah. um He's yeah. Anyway, man, so cool. That's cool. That's the reverend. His, his creepy screech whenever he uh, oh, gosh. when he goes to cut a promo. Ah, yeah. He's he's got it. He's got it. That's for sure. He's amazing, and it's so funny because like when I first started, uh, you know, it was right before they transitioned to wild or to anarchy, so it was still wild side. So you know, my first memories of dan was he's the guy behind the mic you know he's yep. doing commentary he's doing ring announcing he's doing backstage interviews he's got short hair you know pretty clean cut he's got a you know a, a suit but you know kind of hip looking but he's you know and and then to see what he has come into with this reverend gimmick man oh yeah and and to go ahead and put him over go ahead and put him over uh he is the man who named AJ Styles phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely. He sure is. And dude, I think Dan's been doing this gimmick for almost 20 years, I think. Because I come to Anarchy in 06 and he was doing it then. 
So right. I want to say he transitioned into it after right after Wildside. So I mean that's crazy to think about. Like twenty years of of you know that with Tank and all those guys and and dude, it's I, I don't know you know it makes you you know like we talked about last week. There's this moment where I just don't enjoy wrestling anymore. But when we talk about that stuff, it's like the kid comes out in me. I'm like, oh man, there's so many memories, bro, for me and and just uh, you know the stories we would tell and the just captivating the crowd there at Wildside, you know, that, that, uh, certain, uh, Southern church of professional wrestling, they called it right yeah. there in Cornelia, Georgia. And dude, just going into that stinking hot building, but legends had walked through that place. So many right. legends, dude. I mean, the Hardys, everybody. <clears throat> I tell all my trainees that, uh, if I have <clears throat> regrets in this business, as far as professional decisions, it was that I did not stay at Anarchy. You know, uh, me and Rivers, we did a match with um, what uh, Anthony Henry and I believe it was Dustin Knight. Were they Reckless Youth? Was that their team Re- name? Re- yeah, Reckless Youth. But they were the they were the Anarchy Tag Champs. We went in and did a TV with them, and uh, it was it solid match and everything. But we just never. We never pursued going down there on a regular basis. And I mean, it yeah, was, yeah. that's one thing, you know, if I have a regret that that would be it. And I mean, the big thing is everybody, oh, well, you know, there's not a lot of money down there and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the TV exposure and back, back in that day, the tape trades and all that stuff that was going on, people knew what NWA Wildside and NWA Anarchy was. They did. They did. And even, you know, dude, I can sit here and say, like, I mean, I moved down to Georgia from 07 to like mid 08 to be closer to that building because I knew I was traveling there every other week. And I was making, you know, 10, 20 bucks. But the exposure was what got me. But I mean, really, I was going to other shows and not making much more money at all. Anyway, you know, at that time, I wasn't. I was having to work a shoot job and uh, broke as a joke, bro. My mom had to bail me out many times. And get me out of the negative in my account. God bless her. She, she, dude, she knew this boy was chasing his dream and she did all she could to help me out. But, um, yeah, the exposure, because that's where I met Terry Taylor, got my foot in the door with TNA. And then from there, I mean, uh, NWA, obviously through Anarchy, I mean, I started traveling all over the U.S. with the national title, working Adam Pierce and those guys, man. So, dude, the, the, yeah, I wish you'd have stuck around. We'd probably worked, uh, Somewhere in there. I might have been on my way out, maybe. I don't know what year was that. I I believe it was 09, uh, 9 or 10. Yeah, I was signed with TNA, and after that, I dropped the the title and and basically wasn't around much. Right. Yeah, you – well, let's see. During that time, I remember you coming and doing the the Graysville shows that we were doing, Graysville, Tennessee. You came and did a couple of those. Um, That's where we met, I'm assuming. Yeah. Which is yeah. funny because that's all a blur and I don't remember any of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. What have we done? <laughs> it's something. But I mean, <laughs> so let, let I want to I want to touch on something there that you said. Uh, I, I'm making. I was only making like ten or twenty bucks going to these shows. Yeah, man. You got so many of these guys who get in, and they think immediately. You know, like a lot of my guys, they text me and they're like, hey, what should I charge? I got somebody wanting me to come here. What want me to come here? And that's such a hard thing 
to tell somebody who's green because yeah. you want them to get out. You want them to, you know, I, I've told them money should not be your big thing right now. Yes, if you can cover your trans and if you got to stay in a hotel, whatever, if, if that can be covered, that would be awesome. But most of the time in the beginning, it's not going to. Um, but your number one right now should be to beat up the roads, get reps in the ring and make connections. That's it. That's it. I agree with you, man. And, and, you know, there's, I mean, I spent a lot more money than I made for many years. And to me, it's, I kind of liken it when guys ask me now uh, to, and yes, we are beating our body up a little more, but say you want to be an NFL player. You're going to start in little leagues. You're going to go to elementary. You're going to go to middle school, high school, college. You ain't getting paid. You're beating your body up. You're training like crazy. So to me, it's like you're chasing a dream. What's the difference? Um, you know, yes, it, like you said, if, if you can get a little gas paid for, or wants to slip you some money from food or whatnot, then that's always a plus. But I'm a firm believer in, dude, I don't know. I mean, when I first started training, I don't think I got paid for quite some time. You know, yeah. I mean, my trainer would, would, he would do the driving and, and stuff like that and not help with gas and all that. And he taught me that there was I mean, yeah. a couple of times I'd just get a $5 bill. You know, but no, I agree with you, man. Like it's, it's okay. Like you're going to start making some money, but get your name out there first. Like learn the business, learn the ropes, hit the road and, um, sacrifice. Cause that's really what it's about. If you want to make it, you got to sacrifice. So it is. And that's like one of my guys, you know, um, he has worked hard for like the last year. He came to me, uh, and he weighed like 256 pounds. Uh, he has taken every bit of my uh, every bit of my advice. I told him, you know, get a gym membership, get in the tandem bed, bust his butt, you know, uh, perfect the persona, you know, live the gimmick, get and right. and he has he's taken all of that and and he texted me a couple of weeks ago and he said, and this is funny, uh, he said, I won my first match tonight. He's been working like every <laughs> every weekend, sometimes Friday and Saturday both, sometimes a, th- a Sunday in there. Yeah. And he said, I won my first match. And, <laughs> and I said, well, how does that feel? Even though it don't mean anything, but, you know, and, and right. with him, the conversations that we've had, he sees other guys going out and, and getting, you know, pushed to the moon immediately. And like, I've told him, hey, stay away from that show. That's garbage. You're not going to learn mm-hmm. anything there. Yeah. Um, you you'll you'll probably even take a step back if you work with those guys too much, you know. And so uh, he has taken all of that advice, even though uh, like some of my other guys, and they're doing good too. Uh, it's not bashing them, but. You know, they like working some of these shows and they've all won titles and all this other stuff in the last year. And, and <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, feel like a big fish in a small pond. Yeah. <laughs> and and then um, and then with him, he's like, you know, he's texted me a few times and he's like, man, what else? What do I need to do to stand out? What? Why are people not noticing? I said, people are noticing. Just kick back and enjoy the ride. Keep pushing. And so, you know, with with that, um, 
and he's he's getting put in his very first angle, you know, and so it's like he's paid his dues and people yeah. are noticing. He didn't just come in and oh, that kid, he's a he's a pretty solid worker to be green. Uh I'm gonna push him to the moon. And that's what I told all my other guys. I said, listen, I love you, but you go to these shows and you're green as grass and within two or three weeks, they put their title on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, no, trash. that says, Hey, that green guy is better than everybody I've got in my locker room. Right. So I'm going to put him on top. And I said, if you're better than everybody that's in that locker room, who are you going to learn from? Right. Right. Yeah. They start to get those egos really quick. What I see the biggest mistake is, um, Oh man, a, a body guy walks into a locker room. Guy looks great. hundred, you know, looks like a million bucks and they put him, you know, right in the main event spot at an indie show or whatever. And he instantly starts to get a big head. Um, he's not ready for that position. He's not really good or polished. And, you know, that's the thing is, is you, <laughs> you, you got to teach these guys like the etiquette, first of all, but paying their dues. It's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Professional wrestling business is a marathon. It's definitely not a sprint. Like you, you got those select stories of that overnight success, but it's not the eighties mm-hmm. anymore where, you know, a Nikita's coming along or, you know what I'm saying? It's very random or seldom now because independent wrestling is so broad of a horizon. And there is, I mean, I, I hate to sound like we're bashing, but there is trash shows and mm-hmm. there, but there is really good shows. And you and I have been on a, a little bit of both. Um, and the fact is, is just learn the craft. Like you said, learn the craft. Don't don't get too ahead of yourself. You're still young. I'm assuming most of these guys, 19, 20 years old. And, uh, you know, I met some guys last, um, what was it, last Friday? I think I did a show in Elkin, North Carolina. I worked um, Victor Andrews, a good friend of mine, awesome talent. But, man, Jody, my friend Jody that ran this show, uh, owns a comic book store. And he put on a show. It's the first time he's ran in this armory in for years. Man, it was an amazing crowd. And I sat, and, and my match was, I think, right after main event. Thank God. Everybody's like, you don't mind that you're not main event? I was like, buddy, I want to be first. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, I watched the majority of the matches. And, dude, these guys, I even told Jody afterwards, man, it's it's a breath of fresh air for me to come to an independent show and see guys. They may not be the greatest in the ring or be able to make everything look believable or psychology-wise. Like, who cares? But what they did was interact with the people. I mean, every single match, dude, it wasn't one of those where it's one-on-one. So remember that. You're listening to this right now. You're a student. Don't forget about the people. They pay the tickets. Don't get so caught up in your uh, match that you are forgetting about the emotions with these folks. And that's what these guys did. These guys and girls, um, they, man, they just played to the people. The crowd was nuts. And I was like, man, this is a breath of fresh air. It was nice to be a part of that. So just remember that, man. You got paid customers, kids, women, dads, everything. They want to be interacted with. Do it. Don't forget about it. Well, (laughs) on that note, I've had a couple of my guys who have went to shows and and they get with these guys who want to call everything. Oh, brother. Punch in the face, please. (laughs) Yes. And, And they're like, they're like, man, I messed up here and I messed up there and I messed up here and I messed up there. I said, listen, you, you're going to run into that. Yeah. And there's there's a place for getting a good structure, especially sure. if it's TV. You mm-hmm. know, 
you know, somebody says, hey, you got six minutes. You know, this is the bullet points. This is what I want. This guy over. Go do it. You know, you want to lay out a decent structure, but you don't want to every punch, every kick, every eye poke, every hair pull. That stuff is crazy. But they've run into some of that. And uh, and I taught my guys from the beginning to flow when they're in there with me. I snatch a head and, you know, I just run through and feed and expect them to feed for whatever. Don't I, I had one and I, I snatched a headlock and he said, what are we doing? I said, I'll be feeding, <laughs> you know, and it's like people don't know how to do that. <clears throat> well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to coming out of a, coming out of a lockup or, you know, a bump and feed spot. I'm not calling hip tosses. I'm not calling arm drags. You should look at me and see how I'm feeding and know what, mm. what to set for. Sure. Sure. And some, so many guys don't do that. They've got to have everything laid completely out. And then they're, you know, when they miss one, one spot, they're like, Oh no, I blew it. The right. people out there don't know that you blew it. They don't know what spot number three is. Nope. So just grab a hold and go to something else. Yeah. But the fan interaction thing, a lot of times when you try to call everything from beginning to end, that that takes away from the fan interaction and especially listening to the people. That was like when I first got with Ted Allen, that was every time I worked with him. You know, hey, you got anything special you want to do out there, Ted? You know, after a couple of times, I, I realized, hey, shut up and just go listen. listen. That, that's that's what he would tell me. He'd say, he'd say, oh, I will listen to the people. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> it's a lost art. It is, man. It is. And, and I, I, uh, I'm glad we've worked in a, a generation where we experienced that before it started becoming a lost art. You know, the way TV wrestling is now is just, man, they, they have so much time or so little time and they got to put things together and it's so micromanaged, you know, within WWE for sure. And it's not the worker's fault. Like it is the, um, you know, basically the writers and, and Vince at the time when I was there, I think it's a little better with the Hunter regime from what I understand, but you know, the agents were constantly coming to you, making sure you wouldn't change anything. If you do, we got to run it by Vince. And I'm like, man, this is crazy, dude. But you know, um, it's it it is a lost start that uh you know we were talking i was talking with nikita a few weeks back in the ministry thing we did and he was just talking about you know he'll watch the product every once in a while but he, he's just like you know it's uh he goes i always i'm always told that my age was the golden age i went oh it was man you can go back and watch that stuff now it's just so rugged and raw and you could tell nothing was put together in the back these guys were just they're fighting and uh it was just beautiful it was beautiful now it's to me i mean dude Great athletes. We both yeah. have buddies that are in the companies, and I ain't taking away from any of those guys. But very reckless style of professional wrestling now where their careers aren't going to last to, you know, 41 like me. I'll be 41 in a month. Some of these guys ain't going to make it to 30, bro, because their their necks are going to be shot, their backs are shot. And I feel bad for them because it's like they're trying to up the ante every time, and eventually we're just going to pull out a shotgun and shoot each other in the face. I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, really, dude, it's, it's the truth. Yeah, and it's sad, man, because I don't get into that anymore. I'm like, you know, when I was a kid, bro, we, you know, we could look at Brett and Austin, and 
they would do a match like that one time a year, maybe two times a year, where it was just a, a blood and guts battle. Now mm-hmm. it's like, and every single Monday night, every single uh, whenever AEW is on, um, it's just, let's up the ante. Let's keep upping the ante. I'm just like, brother. Yeah. <laughs> you, like you said, you get to a point where you don't have anything else to do when, yeah, you know. Mm. Uh, anyway, and wrestling conversation. Hey, let me yeah. let me plug this real quick before I forget. I know we're like right in the middle of the show or near the end. Well, I don't know. Um, this Sunday, so today drops. Today is what the oh man, help me with the date. Uh, <laughs> Mother's Day is the fourteenth. Twelfth, twelfth, twelfth. Yeah, so Mama's Day is coming up in two days. I love all the mothers out there. Mom, thank you for dealing with my stupidity all my life and hitting your knees and praying for this lost soul for many years. But anyway, this Sunday, um, Mother's Day, I am preaching at Liberty Baptist Church, and that's 1365 Brookwood Drive in China Grove, North Carolina. My buddy Alex, his dad is the uh, pastor at this just beautiful little church, man. And um, just lovely people. I went and listened to Alex preach one time, and they just love the word. It's nothing fancy. There's no lights. It's just an altar. You're up there. You're preaching the word of God. And, man, that's what I love. And, uh, Casey, I think I told you, if I told you last time, yeah, that I preached like an, an, an all-black church a few weeks ago. Yeah. Did I mention that on the podcast? <clears throat> I don't know if you mentioned it on the podcast. I know, you know, we talked about it. Man, it was uh, unbelievable. So I'm expecting anytime I, I get a chance to stand in the pulpit, man, I expect the Lord to move. And I, I've got to where, you know, it is a Baptist church, but it's not, they're, they're, they're not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not one of those, you know, they're not tied like, down. This is, yes, this is, yeah, we don't stick to this sentence, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, <laughs> no, it's a beautiful, <laughs> sorry. It's a beautiful church, and they love the Lord. And I always just enjoy, man, going in and sharing the gospel. And, and God's laid, uh, you know, He wants me to, to basically speak about His love, the love of God this Sunday. And I think I'm going to tie it in to, like, you know, the love of a mother, man. Like how moms are nurturing and, you know, there for you. And and uh, Psalm 36 talks, oh, I think it's Psalm 36, 5 through 7, talks about that comforting image of um a mother bird sheltering her little babies under her wings. You know, as it says, the Bible says many times we take a shelter in the shadow of his wings. And I just want to uh, remind people this Sunday that if you get a chance to come and you live in that area, we'd love to have you. China Grove Liberty Baptist Church. Amen. That'll be good. Now, uh, Alex, is he like us or does he preach in a suit? No, buddy. Listen, when I, this, that's the thing about it. When, when I went to Liberty Baptist, where his father, his father is Jeff, Hi- Jeff Hyatt. So Alex Hyatt, his dad's Jeff Hyatt. Just, man, their testimonies are amazing. Amazing people. But um, Jeff wears a suit. But Alex was up there in like his jeans and some cowboy boots and one of his uh, cases for calls, which is his nonprofit jacket. Yeah. So, you know, and I, and I was like, all right, man, that's, you know, and look, it's the way it should be. It's like, come as you are. Like, I'm not walking yeah. in there in a tank top with a pair of shorts and flip-flops on, but, you know, well, no, no suit, bro. <laughs> what, what, what I was thinking about is like, you know, he's a little blocky dude. He's a big you know, boy. <laughs> he reminds me of Rhino. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's stout, man. I, I remember, 
I remember the first time that I met Rhino, you know, I was walking around the corner and ran into him and it was like, I ran into a brick wall, you know, that's what that the, the size of Alex, that's what it reminds me of. So I was thinking, man, I think that dude would look a little funny in a suit. He's. I want to see him. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to go, dude. I need you to wear a suit sometime. He's no. He is. He's. Yeah, we need some pictures. Ox. Yeah, he's strong as an ox too, man. And uh, um, but he's, dude, just a, a pure heart. He's one of those guys that, like you and I that uh, me and you connected <laughs> in whatever 09, 2010. Alex and I met in 2012 or 14 at WrestleCade. We're both at that time living, um, you know, for the world, and. You know, it's crazy how just like the Lord brought you and I together, how the Lord brought Alex and I back together and how the Lord brought uh, myself and Jason back together. Because Jason in 2006, many don't know, Jason Justice in 2006 was the one that I had met through my trainer. And when I got out of the Marine Corps, he said, hey, bro, Anarchy, we're working Anarchy tonight. Come down here, meet Bill. I'll introduce you to him. Jason helped basically catapult my career, man. Um, Yeah. And it's just amazing to see. And I was talking to the Stroops, um, uh, just a cheap plug. Next Sunday, I think May 20th, I'll be on there after Amen podcast. But we were just talking about how it's amazing to see how the Lord has just strategically placed all of us together. man. And it's yeah. beautiful because we've all gone through our times. You know, I went through my wilderness, you know, each are going through a season. But we can lean upon one another and know that our family is there and it's just a beautiful thing to sit and see and go, man, God, you're so good. Amen. And, and on that note, something, you know, we'll, we'll wrap up, but just for people out there, I want you to know that it's good to have a kingdom family around. Yes. It's good to have, you know, I, I text you today, some stuff that, you know, had been burdening me down and, I, it was just a, a frustration. And then, you know, I text it to you. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's like the world was lifted off of me. And I'm like, wow. So yeah. to, to throw this out there, the enemy don't want you to talk about your struggles. The enemy don't want you to talk to anybody about what you're going through. Um, he wants you to keep it bottled up. He wants you to to try to deal with it all yourself. Uh, he don't want you to reach out to uh, brothers and sisters in Christ to um, to ask for prayer. He he wants you to keep it bottled up so that he can continue to just beat you and beat you and smother you and smother you down. And yeah. so get surrounded by a good kingdom family who you can reach out to and say, listen, uh, I've got this burden or I'm struggling with this. Pray for me on this. You know, and and get some sound advice, uh, get prayer and and just to release those burdens, because talking about stuff uh, makes makes a world of difference. It does, man. And I'll say this, too, real quick. Um, I believe the Lord strategically places people in your life for a reason. And in 2021, when you and I reconnected or 2020, I can't remember exactly 2021, we didn't know what we were going to be um, going into together as a ministry partners, um, going into wilderness seasons, but God did, you know? And the thing is, is at that time in my life, I didn't really have that close group of friends because I'm in Florida. I'm just, it's all wrestlers for me. And if I would have had to go through the season I went through over the past year without you, without Alex, Jason, the whole kingdom family, dude, 
And I don't know where I would have been because even on those nights, and I talked to the Stroops about it, where I didn't want to reach out to anybody. You know, you guys were always there still praying to me behind closed doors, and I didn't know that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's understand also that it is normal and I I guess healthy maybe is the right word to go through these seasons where you're going to feel dry sometimes. But once again, we have to press in. And I mentioned to you earlier, and I mentioned to the Stroops last week, those moments and those nights where I'd open up my Bible, dude, and just look at the pages, and I would literally just close it and go lay down. I wouldn't pray. I wouldn't do anything. But I would, I would just say, Jesus, I need you. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying, man. And, you know, he is there interceding for us. And at the time, at times, I think sometimes all we can do is whisper that sweet name, brother. And that just right. kind of starts to fill our cup a little bit more. You know what I mean? So remember that. You're, you, if you're going through seasons, yeah, man, don't close yourself out. Reach out to people. Lord, reach out to us via email, social media. Yeah. Uh, please. I mean, because I have learned that. God used me in my wilderness season to start ministering to a lot of people. And if you told me that a year ago, I'd be like, yeah, you're mine. I can't, I can't even stand to wake up anymore. And not right. now I'm good now, but yeah. So, but yeah, um, it's just a beautiful thing to know the intimacy of the Lord and uh, to know that he's, he's not left your side, man. So. Amen. Yes. Well, Awesome conversation today. Uh, I hope I hope that young wrestlers will listen to this and that they'll share it with their buddies. And because, uh, you know, there was a lot of a lot of info in there, I believe, that we talked about that could be helpful to them. I think we went like almost 30 minutes just on on wrestling conversation. And that's very unusual for me and you. Very. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's that's really cool. Um, so. Right on, man. Everybody, uh, like Chad said, if you need somebody to talk to, feel free to reach out to us. Questions, thoughts, comments, prayer requests, praise reports, wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. You can find us both on social media. Uh, Feel free to reach out to us um, and share the Wrestling for the Faith podcast. Also, go listen. Uh, to our kingdom family over at the After Amen podcast. Go listen to Testimonies with Terry. Um, And I believe that's all I've got. I think so. Listen to, yeah, you can even listen to Nikita's podcast. What is it, man? Oh, amen. No, I just thought about that. Yeah, Nikita, yeah, please. He's a good man of God. Um, Check out Man Up. That's the podcast. And then he's got, you know, conferences and the man camp and just, um, yeah, just a wonderful person. Amen. Amen. And and I've plugged it, I think, the last three or four weeks on here. But hey, if you're a man, you need to you need to look up the man camp. You need to get the dates for it. I need to uh, get with Nikita or, or look at a find a flyer and, and keep that on hand so that I've got the next one yes. uh, laid out so we can be advertising it. Men, you need to get to man camp with Nikita and Lex. Uh, it is an amazing experience with the Lord. So um, everybody, we love you. We thank you for joining us. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.